0: Which one do you want to be, Sam?
1: Ah, I don't know. Great. Good. Morning, everybody. How are you doing? Sunday after Easter. Low Sunday, it's called, for obvious reasons. Uh, after the peak of Resurrection Sunday. It seems like 24 hours and you're back here again. Great. It's good to be in the Lord's presence, though, isn't it? To sense the, the energy for that God wants to do in the room. And it's kind of brilliant that we should have this conversation about all that God's doing with a generation that might seem a little peculiar to us. So, so tell us just a little bit about the journey. Of all the books you could write, why on earth did you write a book about people that would be way more productive if they got up before lunchtime?
0: <laughs> I, I think seeing them stereotyped as <clears throat> gosh, I've lost my voice, um, narcissistic, entitled Lazy Slacker Snowflakes, um, kind of raises something in you. But I was really challenged as I was leaving Samaritan's Purse to think about where the horizon of my leadership was. Um, if you look at our government right now, the horizon of their leadership is how do we survive today, yeah? And for a lot of leaders, that that is the horizon. It is how do we survive today. Um, but how do you actually look three years out, or six years out, or, a, or, or, or ten years out, or even to a future generation? I was really challenged by a book um, called To Plant a Walnut Tree, which Dave Pepper recommended to me, actually, uh, by a guy called Trevor Waldock, who basically said, um, <clears throat> you know, what are you going to plant that will outlast you? So what are you investing in that actually will go on way after you've gone? Because we all like grass and we wither and we die. So who are you investing in and what are you investing in? And then I got challenged to think about, well, who are the leaders right now? Who's stepping up into leadership? <clears throat> and I became a chief exec of uh, Samaritan's Post when I was 36, um, I had a lot of hair then and <clears throat> looked a lot younger. Um, <clears throat> and uh, for me, the top end of millennials are now stepping into those kind of roles. So how do we let help them learn the lessons that I've learned painfully over the le- last 20 years and learn them more quickly was kind of the goal.
1: And, and are those lessons the same or are they in quite a different environment to, uh, to what perhaps uh, people like us are in.
0: <laughs> There's no doubt that the environment, certainly in a business context, is more volatile, more uncertain, more chaotic, and more ambiguous than it has ever been um, before. There's no doubt that the pace of change has got faster, and also that change is on the agenda every day. It is part of a, uh, a part of life. So they are living with um, <clears throat> rapid change, uh, rapid moral change, social change, economic change. Um, And they're having to deal with that. And so actually, the things that I learned about leading with integrity, leading out of who you are, leading out of your core values and beliefs, and actually having a strong backbone that is resolute about where you're going and knows where you're going is actually more important for them. Because when the environment gets really rocky, you need to know who you are. So a lot of the work that I do with leaders is to help them understand who they are, to articulate their core voice, their authentic voice, and if they're Christians, um, to actually fall more in love with Jesus and find out more about who they are as a child of God. It's worth saying, though, that I went and pitched this book to a Christian publisher and said, I want to write this for Christians, and they said, actually, I think this has a much wider audience. So we will publish it, but we will publish it in, in the mainstream. We want it in Amazon, W.H. Smith, Waterstones um, and actually let your biblical values come through but don't be explicit about it because we want to influence society and we want to speak into the banks and the insurance companies because actually there's a better way of doing organization and there's a better way of doing business because our creator God designed a way that things work and when we align with him and we align with his approach then actually businesses can get better and charities can get better and secular society can get better even government can get better um, actually so we're kind of under the radar trying to influence um, with a Christian uh, well, with a, a worldview that's informed by my Christian faith and my understanding of Scripture, but is actually trying to take people on a journey of saying, so this is my missional outreach, if you like, of saying, actually, there is a way that things work that's more relational. that's more about the whole of you as a person. that's more about your core values and your beliefs. that's more about planting a tree that will last uh, longer than uh, you will be here.
1: And sure, there was a. Um, uh, perhaps you alluded to it when uh, you were a younger leader. It was all about capacity: how much can I do, and competency: how well can I do it? And, and as you've been saying, it's much more now about character. And suddenly, we the church discover we've got a lot to say about that. And it's it's no surprise that the five eyes um, that that your book is around. Actually, you can find all of them rooted in the life of Jesus. So.
0: Absolutely, I think that's really exciting. Actually, every conversation I have with senior leaders in big businesses right now is about how do you raise up leaders of character how do we raise up leaders who know who they are who lead with integrity who set the pace as good as a marathon day today you know set the pace finish well um, who influence and raise up other leaders one of the interesting things we found about millennials is actually um, when you say to them what's the best thing about leading they say raising up the next generation I wasn't saying that when I was 28, 27, 29. I was saying, oh, the best thing about leading is making a difference, um, becoming who I need to be in God. Uh, But they're saying, no, it's about investing in the next generation. I would say millennials are a discipling generation. Yeah, They know what discipleship is. Better than we do. I mean, you only have to witness, uh, you know, the young people coming in from breakfast this morning. morning, Yeah? So they all went for breakfast. It's the young people who are leading the 13 and 14-year-olds and going, let's go out for breakfast, guys. Let's, Let's raise up this next generation. And every millennial leader that we interviewed said, it's about the next generation. It's about investing in them. It's about bringing them through. So there is much, I think, that the church can speak into... Business life about things we know to do how to do well, because actually we were taught them by the master, yeah and he created the whole world, and he knows how things work, yeah and the reality is a lot of our businesses have ignored that and put it to one side but there 's a massive re- receptivity right now to talk about how do we create better relationships in our businesses, how do we ensure that our businesses win for the long term, not for the short term, how do we ensure that actually Everyone in our business um, uh, is part of a team, understands their, their well-being, and actually can deliver good for society. And I think that's a fantastic change, and we're out there trying to champion that and uh, use this book as an opportunity to do that.
1: So millennials have got loads to teach us already, as you're saying, about discipleship. They've got a lot to teach us about that focus of investing in others rather than in a thing. Um, what are their big challenges? Where, where, are the, where are they really wrestling in this kind of chaotic world that they're growing so, up in? So
0: you cut a millennial in two, and, and, and the word relationship is kind of written right down their backbone. Okay, so actually they are fundamentally relational, um, and one of their challenges is how to know how to do relationships well, and how to manage conflict well. So they have this big desire that actually. Mm-hmm. They will be in good, wholesome relationships. One of the best quotes out of the research uh, that we did was, uh, was someone saying to us, oh, I love it when I see older lo- leaders having difficult conversations with people. I love that. Not with me, of course. That would be horrible. <laughs> yeah? Um, but I want to learn how to do that well. So they don't find conflict easy. Uh, they find it really difficult. Um, and so one of the challenges is actually teaching them and helping them navigate what it looks like to do relationships well when things are going badly. Oh. Yeah. So you look at what Burlington's doing with huddles and missional communities and getting into deep relationships and saying, we're committed to you even when this starts going wrong. We're with you. We're with you for the journey. We're working this together. Gosh, if businesses could pick up that kind of idea of actually creating what I call um, high-challenge and high-support environments, which I know you've talked about before, Simon, you know, high-challenge, high-support environments, um, that would be fantastic. So we talk about um, tight ropes and safety nets, high-challenge but high-support as well. So I've tried within the book to kind of, bring out biblical values, help people understand millennials. So even if you're not a leader, if you have millennial kids or you're interacting with millennials, the book will help you understand them and where they're coming from. Um, But if you're in a business, then get a copy and give it to your boss because actually there's nothing in it that will offend. Um, There's everything in it which will talk about my journey of healing, of pain, of, of regret, of challenge um, and how I navigated that and how we want to pass that on to the next generation. And the biggest thing that you've learned through this whole journey? Um, how to write with a millennial. So, so the, the book is co-authored with Rachel, uh, who's Simon's eldest, um, and uh, we deliberately did that because I'm not a millennial. Um, no, kidding. And, <laughs> and we wanted to navigate this, having a conversation about how can we help you go further than us and stand on our shoulders. And I think, if anything, if this encourages you to go, how do we help our young people? How do we help uh, the teenagers of today actually to go further than us and to stand on our shoulders by being real, by being authentic, by being messy, by getting the rubbish out there and actually going, this is a hard journey, let's wrestle with it, Let's, let's... deal with it and i had some great conversations with rachel uh going through that trying to understand more about myself but also more about her and her generation as
1: well uh it's not about a book it is about raising up a generation of people that will uh, lead well uh, and above all else discover that uh, embracing the character of jesus is the way that you become who you are what can we pray for for you,
0: um, I think I'm, I'm getting incredible opportunities with people like Institute of Directors, um, CIPD, Chartered Institute of Personal Development, who are going, "Wow, this is amazing stuff! How do we get this out to all our members?" So unprecedented opportunities actually to go in there and to talk about um, this approach. Um, but pray that I'd be brave and courageous in that. To actually lead those conversations to, this isn't Simon being genius. This is just the way things work, guys, yeah? This is the way that it was designed to be Um, and ultimately to have missional conversations with people. That's my biggest heart and desire. And to see better organizations who exist so that we all thrive, yeah? And so that we all can be the best that we can possibly be. Um, and so that we don't think of 9 till 5 and getting through Wednesday and getting till Saturday. Which I did for a lot of years in BT. You know, was kind of, you know, how do I get to Saturday? Yeah, how do I survive this week? You know, how can we um, make this difference so that people are thriving and enjoying what they're doing and enjoying who God has created them to be. So if you if you get the book and you you come and say Simon, there's no Bible verses in there. I'd go go and put your own Bible verses around what's there, or come and talk to me, and I'll give you some Bible verses to explain it. Because actually, I want this to be a much wider reach than putting people off necessarily by putting barriers in their way.
1: And honestly, if you can't see Jesus all over it, read the Gospels. Because the five eyes are just everywhere oozing out of Jesus and that's what that's what excites me that when we rediscover, you know, how Jesus taught us to live, all kinds of things happen, not just in the church, uh but we become changers in the world. Well why don't a few of you come and pray and just pray for that mission that Cy that si was just talking about. Come on quickly, a few of you just come and lead us uh lead us in prayer as we uh seize this moment and um uh, and, and pray together. Jesus help us to pray scary prayers over Simon Mm. he he just said about being brave and being bold Uh, there will be times when people will be questioning him about his motivation and I Mm. ask that he will have an answer ready in his heart and that your Holy Spirit will strengthen and embolden him set him on fire for your kingdom Lord, Amen Amen, thank you Lord Jesus Father God, I thank you for Simon and for Rachel and for their obedience in writing this book. And Father God, I pray that it would reach the people Mm. that you want it to, that every page would breathe life into their own lives Mm. and ultimately it would make a difference, not just for the generations now, but for the generations to come. Amen. Father, I thank you that this book has been born out of the journey that Simon's been on with you. Thank you for Mm. the integrity that's in it. For the way that you have spoken into his life, into Rachel's life. We're asking that this book will be a blessing. Mm. We're asking that it will have a wide reach. We're asking for that it will bring greater clarity between generations. Mm. That people will seek to understand each other. And that, Lord, for millennials in particular, that this book will be a liberation and an encouragement to uh, grow in who you created them to be. Amen. Oh, man. Jesus Jesus we uh, honor you as the supreme example of what it is to live well you came in the flesh and gave us flesh and blood real examples real uh, uh, things that we can observe and touch and see and feel through your word and go. If we're, if we're people of uh, of integrity and have the inner strength of your spirit and, uh, and uh, uh, Lord, just walking with you in that way, putting our character before you first, then capacity and competency take their rightful place. As we seek first the kingdom of God, then everything else falls into place. So root, All of our identity, we pray, in living as children of God. And as we open the pages of this book, as we think about what Simon's seeking to do, we, we, uh, in the name of Jesus, uh, release the power of your spirit into those conversations, those engagements, those one-to-ones, those big moments. May people's eyes be opened that once we get our identity straight, and that ultimately comes from you, then so much else falls into place. And so may churches be changed, but workplaces and neighborhoods and canteens and coffee shops, because we're understanding what it is to lead, to influence where you've placed us. So your blessing we crave. And we pray uh, that just inner strength for Sai, for that protection on him, for wisdom as he makes decisions about uh, where he spends his time and how he invests his uh, energy. In the wonderful name of uh, Jesus. Amen. Amen.